now listening to the Seventh Rounders. Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. And this is a throwback. Um, this episode is bringing back the Seventh Rounders after dark. And sure enough, it's just John and Chad. Connor out again has more important things, which actually aren't more important this week. So kind of kind of crappy on his his end. But we're bouncing back and forth with John and Connor. Hopefully we will have all three of us next week. Um, John is on the road traveling John, John the wagon. He is in Macon, Georgia right now for work. Let's um, quickly, folks, we'll do golf snaps. John Clemens getting a big project for work. Um, he's growing up right in front of our eyes. He will be interviewing people the next two days, um, Thursday and Friday. I, Chad, I'm growing up in front of my eyes. I looked in the mirror today and I was like, wow, you've grown up. And that's what I said. I know. Um, We're all proud of you. So I have a couple questions, John, about this project, this excursion you're on. Okay. So as I mentioned, you will be interviewing people over the next couple of days. What are the biggest qualities you'll be looking for in the interviewees as you go through this process? Um, that's a really strong question out of the gates, Chad. Um, it's all coming down to aptitude for me. So truthfully, that is what I am looking for is aptitude, commitment level and excitement level, truthfully, because, um, that's how I know that we're going to get the right people in the door. So those are the three biggest qualities, um, skill set aside. That's what we'd be looking for. So, so when you, um, say aptitude uh, are you just more looking for people that are like they're just not gonna fuck something up big time you know they say you get it and you don't and some people get it and some people don't and you look for the people that will get it and they'll pick it up and want okay. to really really honestly anyone can anyone can get it you have to want to get it though. So really it's, it's, it all comes down to like actual true desire, passion for something and wanting to get something done. Because if you set out for it, truthfully, I feel like you can get it, you can attain it within reason. And this is certainly within reason. So, um, that's the qualities that I'm going to be looking for. And that's the qualities that you should always in life, everyone out there should try to uphold. Folks, if you're not writing down what John Clemens is saying right now, shame on you. Shame on He's you. speaking from the heart. Um, one last question on this note. Any hardball questions you're going to be throwing their way? Anything uh, out of the blue that you're going to be tossing in there? I am going to, to – I'm planning to jot down all these right after right after this here before um, laying myself to rest for the evening. But, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm going to come out with a, a hard hitter right off the bat. Talk about – I'm going to ask them why are you excited for this? That's the first question. Hard hitter off the bat. Let's get personal. Um, and then I open up from there. Chad, I think that, that, that my biggest strength is honestly asking questions in any situation. Real life, personal life, professional life, fake life, virtual is, reality, Oculus life, podcast is that, life. Yeah. Is that something you do? Because uh, you bring up a good point about asking questions. Um, when you've been on the other side of the table in the past, when people have been interviewing you, I don't know if it's the case for you, but for me, 
I like to be the one still asking questions, whether it's a job interview or something like that. I don't like talking about myself. I don't like being asked a ton of questions. I try and flip it, come in with my own set of questions. So it's yep. the interview or yep. talking the people. Yep. The people who ask the best questions are the ones who make it the furthest. And that is because the people who are asking the most questions are the ones that are most curious and want to put themselves in a position to succeed. They put enough care into the, the situation to be curious enough to ask that many questions. A lot of words there. Uh, if Nate Tomey's listening, he's going to appreciate how many words. I, I could probably trim that down, Chad, but I didn't want to. No. Yeah, and you shouldn't. Um, so thanks for that, John. Um, everyone, just well, keep uh, – Yeah. Just, you know, something on the back burner. Uh, we Chad, I'll pick you up right days. there. I'm gonna, Chad, uh, but we're here for sports, so let's – Chad. I'm going to try all night tonight when your audio, when I start to sense the audio is going on your end a little bit, I'm going to do the best I can to just start talking right away. Okay. Um, That's fine. I was a little bit late there because I was drinking some Gatorade, but I will not miss the next one. All right. Um, Tiger Woods. First of all, thank God he's alive. I was so scared. Yeah. I just, the timing of it was a, it's a little bit after the year of the Kobe, and I just, we couldn't go through that again, you know? Definitely couldn't. Um, it's, I mean, John, there's really, it's hard to put into words. I mean, outside of just scary, you know, it's a guy that. He's been uh, through it. He's been through the ringer, the rise, the initial rise, the fall, the redemption. And now he's here. Um, I mean, first thing you got to think about is his kids, you know, from what you've read in recent years, he's become a better father, I think is the best way to put it. So it's just, you know, initial thoughts are to Charlie and his sister. I mean, my first person I thought of was Charlie. Chad, the second person I thought of was you. And that's where my head went. Yeah, I, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, you know, um, aren't huge golf fans. Uh, I have friends that are bigger basketball fans and the situations now looking back are completely different. But in the moment when you didn't know what had happened, uh, it just felt a lot like Kobe. And, um, someone that, I mean, I've grown up since, you know, I, I distinctly remember what was it? The 2005 U S open, um, like a lot of memories like that, you know, don't stick from that long ago. There's specific things that pop out to you and that you remember. And tiger's always been one of them for me. I know he always hasn't been the best human being. I, I fully understand that. Um, but I just think what he's done for not only the game of golf, but, you know, the African-American population in general and so many people throughout the world, I think. Um, you know what? Chad, I'm, I hate to cut you off, but I don't want to forget my statement here because I'm feeling philosophical. Is okay. that okay? Yeah. Um, 
and I can feel you getting really emotional here. And I wanted to just save you from tears. Um, I think that part of the the greatness that is Tiger is, yeah, he's, you know, you said he's, he's not been the best person, but I think that he wasn't, but the comeback since all the turmoil, since that last car crash, he's got a track record, but just the recovery. And he's really, it seemed to transform himself and his mindset. He's like you said, he's a, seems like a fantastic father. Um, great family man now and it's just it sucked to see because he's and he he was out he was going to give golf lessons to who was it? it was drew Brees and justin herbert i think yeah and he gave him to Dwayne wade and david spade the night before and i just had saw a tweet like 30 minutes before i saw the tweet about the crash from the Dwayne wade lesson like he's a good dude now i think he's genuinely and he's like having fun and he's happy and he's giving back and he's really doing all he can and just stinks but i'm glad he made it yeah I, but i think that part of him being a, everyone's a bad person at some point. There's no way anyone isn't. It's how you respond. Yeah, it's about the bounce back. And, and you mentioned him becoming more of a family man. That's not something we necessarily see. Obviously, he he has a private life uh, outside of the golf course or off the golf course. But you even look to see at the relationships he's developed with other golfers. You know, Tiger Woods from probably 2011 to or 1997 to 2011 no relationships with the other golfers on tour you know outside of seeing them at tournaments not a shot in hell there was ever any interaction his only goal was to beat the shit out of every single person he was in a tournament with fast forward to today you know the last couple of years justin thomas is one of his best friends you know, all those guys that are on the Ryder Cup teams with them love them. They love them. They love them. The I just feel like as a person. I got you. Thank got you. you. They just, uh, I, I feel like he's come a long way. And um, it's, you know, it's terrible to see. I, we don't need to get into the accident. I mean, still a lot to come out. Um, praying for a swift and speedy recovery. Um whether or not he plays again, his legacy is cemented. Um, so prayers up to the Tiger. Um, let's move on. John, I have a new segment. I don't know if I want to call agree or disagree or true or false. What do you want to call it? Uh, let's see how the first let's see how the first one plays out because I don't know what I'm getting myself into yet. Okay. I have a list of five NFL stars who should be traded this offseason and their best potential landing spot. I want from John an agree or disagree. And and here, how about this? I'll add it. An agree or disagree. And if I disagree, I must select the alternative. How's that? An alternative like that. team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm in. Number one. Sign me up. Number one, none other than Christian McCaffrey and the potential destination, the Buffalo Bills. They go on to say, what about Christian McCaffrey to Buffalo? That not only give the Bills a much needed rushing attack, but another stellar pass catcher for Josh Allen. Oh, man, dude. So am I agreeing like I want it like this is what I want or what? the team who would be acquiring them should do, or am I agreeing with, I think that's going to happen. You, uh, you know, no, no. Cause I, I think there's a 90% chance. None of these happen. I want, um, 
whether you agree with the landing spot, and if you don't agree, mm-hmm. give me a better landing spot. Okay. I can't. Um, the Bills have Singletary, who's pretty. He's a pretty good back, but man, if they had McCaffrey with just Josh Allen as quarterback, they he might get 1,000 receiving and 1,000 rushing. And Stephon Diggs would also still probably still have 1,000. That that would be one of the scariest offenses, if not the scariest, I think, in the league. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, if they can get him, I don't know what that would really take for a running back. That would be a nightmare for Miami. Um, really, any defense in the AFC would have a lot of tro- trouble. Okay. But, I mean, damn. I hope that doesn't happen, Chad. Yeah, I please don't happen. <laughs> um, number two, Julio Jones to the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens looking for that deep threat, someone to help out Lamar Jackson in the passing game. What do you think of Julio Jones in Baltimore? Uh, I don't know if I can see that one. I don't know. I still am not sold on Lamar Jackson. So they give an alternative team for Julio Jones. And that is the Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sorry. Now, now that, now that is interesting. A uh, Julio, Julio in in the a black Raiders uniform would look really cool with the so silk scary. Helmets. Um, I that is about as good as you can do for him. Not, I don't like the Ravens one though. Okay, number three, and this is personally my favorite because some connections here for your boy. Michael Thomas reuniting in Jacksonville with head coach Urban Meyer, giving the Jags an elite wide receiver one to pair with rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Is uh is Michael Thomas like actually on the trade blocks? I was seeing some tweets today. I I don't know. Hmm. Wow. I can't see him leaving New Orleans. Um, so in that sense, I guess I would disagree with this. I don't know if I can see him going to Jacksonville either. I could see him going to Dallas. How in the hell would he go to Dallas? Let's just think about that one for a second. They've got three receivers that are going to be making over $10 million in a Well, year. they're going to send one of them back at least. It would be a flip. I just could see him in Dallas. I don't know. Okay. See, uh, but, I, but I don't think he's going to leave New Orleans, so I was pretty unprepared for him, his name. I think see, I just... I, the way I, I see it is, is Michael Thomas is a big name, and he's full, way full of himself. He's not going to Jacksonville. Um, and I could see him in Dallas. He's a Dallas personality. My my thing is I agree with the personality, but if if it's made like public that New Orleans is looking to move him, I think Urban is on the phone. Yeah, well, it was one of Urban's favorite guys that he coached. Um, I think a hundred percent he's on the phone with New Orleans. You could be right. Probably are. They have draft capital to move. Just just a thought there. Let's move on to number four. This one is shout out Marzula, but Stefan Gilmore, it mm. says, 
If I'm the Green Bay Packers, I absolutely make a play for Gilmore, especially with Kevin King hitting free agency. The Packers have been reluctant to make big moves, but this one I would make. Gilmore and Jair Alexander would be nasty, probably the best corner duo in the, in the league. Wow. Um, I don't know, though. I think he wants to be the bona fide one, and he might not feel like that in Green Bay, Gilmore. Um, I think he'll be back in New England. I tend to agree, just because, I mean, there's so many guys opted out this past year. I think he'll want to go back to that defense that's going to be returning probably four or five starters. Yeah. You know, see what they have. Yeah. Last guy, number five, um, guy we talked about probably a month ago, Orlando Brown. Yep. And their location to have him is the Chicago Bears. I'll make this one easy. Miami Dolphins. Give me Orlando. Flanked, protecting Tua. But not the actor. Correct, the football player and the junior football player because the senior was retired. All right. What do you think? What do you think that would take? Um, I think. I uh, I mean, he's made two Pro Bowls in what his first three or four years. He has, I think, equivalent value to Laramie Tunsil. So, two first round picks. Hmm. Probably. So it really just be kind of undoing that other trade. I don't know. Maybe just draft one. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Rashawn Slater. John, yeah. so before we move on from NFL talk, Connor and I went deep into the NFL draft last week. Um, we're not going to do it this week, but I want your thoughts on uh, Miami at 3-18. and 18. Connor and I were both in agreement. Um, we both like Miami trading down from three to like the eight to 10 range, picking up a first or second round pick moving forward. And I think that eight to 10 range, they can still get guys. They, they like, um, who, who do you like for Miami with their two first round picks? I've been on board for the trading down piece. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, if we don't, man, I, I still want a receiver at three. I'm starting to lean Jamar chase. Uh, He's a bad man. Devontae Smith seems – where is he going in these mocks? He's going – I would say 70% have my – mocking Miami, uh, Devontae Smith, and then 30% Jamar Chase from what I've seen. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, I'd be pretty happy with either, but I, I'm starting to think I like Jamar Chase a little bit more. Devontae is just so little. It's like 20 pounds less than me, 25 less than me, which is tough. I, I just think Devon or Jamar Chase is like they're obviously both freaks, but Jamar Chase, uh, uh, I just I think he's that dude. You like him? It sounds like I have a crush on him. Dude, Devontae Smith is actually thirty less than me. He's one seventy four. But, John, if you listen to last week's episode, you will know I like Jamar Chase more of the two wide receivers, but I still like taking an offensive lineman with our um, 
top first round pick. Right now, I'm a big fan yes, of. We would need for me. I think we would, need, we would need to trade down a little bit for that. For me, I, I, now that tackles seem to be like, there's not a bona fide tackle stud. Penne Suell. What was this problem? Was it the the pass blocking or run blocking? Um, I think he has issues with run blocking, which is yeah. why I like Slater, the Northwestern guy. I think Miami could trade down to nine and get Slater there. I think that would be ideal. And then 18, we're going to, folks, we're going to come out with a man crush list uh, leading up to the draft for all three of us. But I will tell you one guy that's going to be on there. Uh, my favorite player, period, in the draft is uh, Rondell Moore, the wide receiver. Um just yeah, so if we don't go if we don't go receiver for that first one i'm i'm quite happy with rondell Moore down there um i think Moore could go to the second round maybe um do you like more i mean my do you like him more than Kadarius tony yeah i think they're similar players i just they are similar players. i think Moore yeah. is so elusive with the ball in his hands and i think that's what Miami needs um Tony is great in with that as well I just think Rondell Moore is better um I he reminds me so much of Tyree Kill um see I would lean so. Tony over him I would I would take Tony over him I think um but that just might be me uh there's a lot of options best way to put it right is Slater really gonna go higher than 15 like within the top fifteen? Yeah. Yeah. Looking at a PFF mockers twenty four is maybe a month old, but Yeah, I I think Slater is worst case ten to twelve range. I think he'll wind up in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're in a fun spot. I like having that top high pick and then we eighteen we can kinda of have a little bit of fun, see how the board falls. Yeah. Definitely. I think we got two more in the second round, fired up for the draft. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um, I'm throwing John a little bit of a curveball. Let's let's take a break and uh, we'll come back with a little college basketball NHL talk. And we're back. Um, So, John, to fill you in last week, Connor went against the house, which is me. And guess that spread and lost. This is the house's first win and guess that spread ever. So Connor is just awful. That's just because the house is uh, wasn't facing me. That's true. So the house, the house gets a fair, the house hasn't the house hasn't gone against one person much. You might be one and one. I don't know. Um, no, there have been times last year. The house has. It's always Connor missing these episodes. So it's. I mean, you've had a lot, tremendous success against the house. Yeah. Not him though. He stinks, and he yeah. stinks against me. Yeah, Connor's just gets rattled way too easily. So. It's like him dropping into Verdansk. All right. We're going to start out. We're looking at the Thursday slate. Oh, good. I'm going to make it challenging on you. I'm not going to make this. I hope you tell me there's some good games that I can go across the street to the sports bar and make and sit by myself and watch them and sit by myself. Hey, John, you may want to get to that bar at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We have number three Michigan at home against number nine Iowa. Holy shit. That's a good game. That's a good game. I'll be there. Michigan's at home. I'm going to go Michigan minus four and a half. You're smiling. John's up one nothing. Is it four and a half? 
Yeah, it was four and a half. I was between four and five, and I said I'll throw it in the middle. Also, is this give or take one or two? I can't remember. Uh, one and a half. One and a half? Okay. Yeah. Wow, I'm nice. All right. Now we have – I can't make it this easy on you. Okay. Moorhead State, they're at home 18-7 and seven against Tennessee State, who is 4-17. Oh, my God. Moorhead State minus 27. <laughs> Moorhead State minus 11. <laughs> what? That was not one of your better <laughs> attempts. Dude, was that a seven? You said 17 and four. Moorhead State is 18. 18 and seven, three. Four and 17. Your audio is 18 bad. and seven. 18 and seven and four and 17 and they're only 11 point favorites. That's Correct. stupid. That's dumb. That's stupid. One and one. John, you knew, oh, this, you knew you knew I wasn't gonna be close. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, I, so the Baylor there. West Virginia game got canceled tomorrow. That stinks. Did Baylor win yesterday against Iowa State? They were struggling. Yeah, they're eighteen now. Okay. All right, let's move on. It's one-one. <clears throat> okay, we are gonna go. Idaho State twelve and seven. They're at home against Montana, who is nine and twelve. Idaho State minus seven and a half. Montana minus two and a half. <laughs> you can't how- keep doing this shit, dude. What is this? <laughs> how is that possible? The home team with a better record's a dog. They must be in a terrible conference. Dude, Only thing what? I can guess. All right, I'll give you. Let's go back to. Power five. Power five. We have Michigan State at home. They're 12 and nine against number four, Ohio State. That's tomorrow, too. Yeah. Man, imagine if uh, if, uh, Michigan State wasn't as bad as, or was was as good as usual. That'd be a huge doubleheader. Um, Ohio State minus six and a half. Ohio State minus three and a half. Michigan State, they are playing better, aren't they? Yeah, they're twelve and nine. So the the house takes the win tonight. The house won, but the house chose two high school games, so the house kind of the house felt uh the the house felt like they needed to fix this one, I think. So all right, all right, John, I'll give you a little bonus one. If you if you get this right, you keep going. We'll do that. Okay, you go until you lose, and then I make fun of you if you lose after one. Number 22, San Diego State. They are 17 and 4. They're at home against Boise State, who is 18 and 4. Boise State's pretty good. I bet on San Diego State last few games, so I feel like I might be able to get this, but I don't know how they judge. How All they right. Judge. I don't I don't want to do it because John's San coming Diego up with excuses. State minus Nope, doesn't count. San Diego State minus. No. Nope. We're looking five. For, five. We're looking for one. Uh, no. Minus five. You're wrong. Seven and a half. Mm. Stop the count. Stop the count. I'll give you one power five one to redeem yourself. Illinois, 16 and six. They're ranked fifth in the country against Nebraska, who is five and 16. Uh, Illinois is at home? Yes. Minus 18. Minus 16 and a half. Let's go. 
Nebraska's bad. That they are. Um, there really aren't. We'll give you a little. I'm doing so bad that I'm fighting through a slice of pizza here. It's 10 o'clock. I'm eating dinner still. Do you want a little Pac-12 after dark? Yeah. All right. California. Why did I say California? That sounds weird. Cal is at home. They're 8-17 and 17 against Oregon State, who is 11-11. and 11. I thought you said that totally fine. California. Um, Oregon State minus four. Oregon State minus one. Mm. Those teams are both bad. Yeah. Uh, let's um, let's talk a little college basketball. We said we were going to do it. Let's. Are you ready to rank the Power Five conferences? Oh yeah. Are you? I'm getting there. Should we do ranking the Power Five conferences or just rank the five best conferences? Are you saying that there's a, maybe a Power Five or a Power a, a couple that might not be in your top five? I'm saying there's a chance. Why don't you just rank uh, as many conferences as you want up until the last Power Five? So if you you got to rank seven or eight, if you have two non-Power Fives in there, you know. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to know where you have the ACC because I think that's the stinky one that's out. All right. So we're both in agreement. The Big Ten is by far the best conference in college basketball. They have Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State. Truthfully, the the Big Ten only having the Big Ten only having five ranked teams right now is a total crime. Chad, I saved your audio there. Um, because Purdue, Maryland just knocked off Minnesota. Minnesota's 13 and 10, but they're a damn good 13 and 10. Really, Penn State, Northwestern, Nebraska. You can put a you can put a fork in them. The rest of that conference still is battling for March. Um, I've even seen Penn State on bubbles somehow, and they're like eight and 12, which I don't understand. Um, but uh, I mean, other than those three, I think the rest of the conference has a shot. I. I agree. Um, uh, where would you go from there? I'm so I think we're both probably between the Big Twelve and the SEC. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna go the Big Twelve right now. Um, damn man, I'd actually, John, I'm kind of I'm looking at it, and it's it's not as easy as I initially thought. But I, I'm gonna go Big Twelve. I'm, confidently going big 12 here and honestly the big 12's elites and the big 10's elites are pretty pretty even baylor is remarkable um they looked pretty brutal yesterday coming off of uh, a covid break thank god they were playing two and 17 iowa state they would have lost any other team in the conference yesterday probably but they'll be fine they'll be back um as long once they get their feet under them west virginia Rock solid. Oklahoma, Texas have been good this year. Kansas has been bad, but they seem to be playing better. And they really haven't even been bad because now they're ranked 17th. They're just 17 and 8, and they started the year a little rocky. John, uh, and you um, have Oklahoma, I, Oklahoma State's a rock solid team. Cade Cunningham's a stud. This conference is good. I my issue here is I think Baylor and West Virginia are both great and. Three through six, really. 
Actually, three through Texas Tech, who's seventh in the conference. I'm kind of jury's out for me. I'm not sold on Kansas. Um, Texas, I know you love. They've struggled as of late. They have. Um, so I think the top two teams are rock solid. Um, after that, I'm not so sure. But I still think I agree they're the second best conference. But, I mean, if you go back to the Big Ten, though, I guess you got four really good ones, and after that, it's kind of, I don't know. The, the Big 12 is really good. If we want to move to the SEC, I guess that's our third. John, I'm not so sure. You think the SEC is better than the, the Big 12? No, I'm saying I think the ACC might be better than the SEC. Really? Wow, okay. I I love Alabama, but Arkansas, the second-best team in that conference, I don't think they are. I think they what do they have the second best record? I don't think that means they're the second best team. I think you've got a really good um, LSU and Florida team who just haven't seemed to click yet. And I think if they start playing their best basketball, especially LSU, I think they could be rock solid. Tennessee has been weird. Um, Tennessee could easily be the second best team. They've stumbled a little bit lately here. Um, if they get back on track, though, I think they've got a lot of talent. Missouri, I think, is really fake, and I think Ole Miss is fake as well. Um, but I think the ACC is terrible. So I would put the SEC as number three. Okay. Arkansas uh, I, also not a bad team. Who? They're beat, Arkansas is currently beating Alabama tonight. I'm oh, watching. really? Yeah. Pretty good game. Yeah, man. I um... – I do really like Alabama. Um, so who are you putting here, SEC or ACC? My three is the SEC for sure. Um, after what I, I – I'm going to go with the SEC right now just because what I saw from Virginia last night. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go SEC three. I'm going to go ACC four. Um, and then I'm, are you putting the ACC at four? I'm putting the ACC at four. Um, I think Florida state's elite. Uh, I think Virginia tech's solid enough. I think UVA is a fucking joke. They just lost to NC state. I think they're terrible. They're fraudulent as hell. What about UNC? I like UNC. UNC got a boat race by Marquette tonight, who's like eight and eight and ten. So I think Duke is actually better than UNC at this point. I think Duke losing was it Jalen Johnson. Um, I think they've improved yeah. significantly, addition by subtraction of a top player who just didn't seem to mesh with anyone else. They're playing much better as a team. They won four straight. I think Duke's going to get dangerous at the right time. I think Louisville's rock solid. Uh, Clemson's been very inconsistent, but. They could give you troubles. Uh, Georgia Tech has been a team that no one in the conference has wanted to play. Uh, they've knocked off a few of them. John, I'm not so sh- I mean, you kind of I, just hit on it by going through those teams. I know. I'm not so sure Clemson isn't the second best team in that conference. I'm pretty sure. I think I think that, I don't know. I don't Clemson, know. I'm not sure. I know you hate Clemson, so let's. No, just... but I bet on Clemson several times. I know that they got murdered by Duke. Like I would put Duke above Clemson right now, honestly. Okay. Um, let's move on. My number five conference is the Big East. Uh, led by you know Villanova and Creighton. 
I actually may have just fabricated evidence uh, of a huge murder. And I did. Um, I honestly, I'm going to be honest, lazy journalism. I analyzed the Big East for a good amount of time. Didn't really give the Pac-12 a thought. And looking right now, USC led by, his name is Evan Mobley, correct? That is right. USC, UCLA, Oregon at the top, I think outweighs the Big East um, with Villanova, Creighton, Seton Hall. I think Seton Hall is only 13 and 10. Uh, so I, I'm actually going to go Pac-12 at five and then um, the Big East at six. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, the Pac-12's got probably Six teams, I think, that are tournament teams. The rest of the conference is really bad. It's really two, the, the Pac-12 is really two conferences. It's, it's and I think it's a 12-team conference. Six good, six solid teams, six terrible teams. So USC, UCLA, Oregon, Colorado, Stanford, and Arizona, I think, should all be tournament teams unless any of them fall apart. I will, and I honestly think Arizona could end up being the best in the bunch. I like Arizona. I just that's recency bias. I took them last Saturday against USC. They won outright. So okay, they're they're a solid, 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 solid team. That was a road win. They had okay. lost to Oregon, UCLA the two games prior. So conference, those six teams just seem to beat up on each other, and also then beat up on the rest of the conference. Uh, there have been some really solid Pac-12 after dark games. I'll be honest. Sometimes you get Bill Walton on the call. Yeah. Uh. My favorite. Yeah. I know he's your favorite. Yeah. Uh, and then just looking at Big East, the Big East, it stinks this year. It's it's definitely a down year for the Big East Conference. I was huge on the Big East last year. Big East was going to get probably seven, six, seven teams in the tournament, and then they uh, – wow, Vlad Guerrero Jr. lost 42 pounds, he says. That's a lot. That's significant. John, can we take a timeout and just flash back to last year? We didn't have March Madness last year. Yeah, it sucked. It, it, I remember pretty- being on the podcast with you guys, just sitting there, like, thinking we couldn't degenerately bet on March Madness. We were, I don't think I have the adjectives to describe it, but it seems like just yesterday. Um, it was pain. It was horrendous, vile, mm-hmm. pukey. Um, it wasn't good. We were looking forward to it so much. I know. I know. And I think this year we should do a seventh rounders bracket challenge. Yeah. I like that. I like your train of thought. I do. All right. Do you want to uh, move on to hockey? Yeah. Yes. So, yes, I do. The Sabres, um, uh, God, um, they won. Uh, Do we want to say anything else about the Sabres? The Sabres are not very good. Uh, yeah, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on them. I tell you what, though, their goal differential, it's only minus six. And you look at a team like, the Ottawa Senators at minus 32, and you're like, it could be worse. Um, the Nashville Predators sitting at minus 15. I mean, is Buffalo really playing? I just don't know. They're just like, they like kind of hang around. They I don't know if they've really gotten like blown out 
much this year. Like it's just they kind of just hang around and just lose. That's just their their brand. Yeah, I just I don't understand what they've been doing this year, honestly. And I I'm not a guy that likes to blame coaching, but whoever decide to um, scratch Skinner the last two nights. You know, you have Kylock Poso out there skating around, who's one of the 10 worst players in the NHL. Uh, I mean, there's guys that have been on that team for a while. Like, why is Cody Eakin playing over Jeff Skinner? I I don't completely understand it. Um, and I know we talked about Taylor Hall and Eichel. Um, beginning of the year, I was more... Uh, of the mindset of split them up, see what happened, like have two elite guys on two separate lines. You wanted them together. I believe don't quote me on that, but I believe you want them together. Um, they started out the year. Okay. And uh, I mean, honestly, they've struggled big time the last six games. I don't know why you don't switch it up and put those two back together on the same line. That doesn't make any sense to me. They leave them separated I mean, two games ago, Eichel had 15 minutes on the ice and Hall had 13 minutes. That's embarrassing. That should never happen. Um, they should be right now together on the first line with Olafson. Um, and then Dylan Cousins is has been one of their probably four best players this year. From everything I've read, he doesn't have the stats, but he is one of their four best players. He's got to be on the second line. He's got to be playing 18 minutes a night. Um, so that's kind of, I just coaching decisions. I really hate to blame the coach, but I'm doing it right now. Yeah. It's, it's been the common theme on Sabre Twitter is, uh, the line combinations, especially the forwards just make absolutely no sense in consistent playing time across the board. I don't have much else to say on them. We'll see what happens. They, uh, they had a COVID break. They came back, but that whole Eastern division is right around that 16 game mark too. So. Um, I think the most intriguing thing uh, comes out of the Central. The three-headed monster up top, and even Chicago isn't bad this year. They're pretty solid. But Florida, Tampa, Carolina, that might be the three best teams in the NHL. Those three teams have been incredible. John, you know what's scary to think about? What? Tampa, they're going to roll into the playoffs, and then they're going to be they're going to be adding back Nikita Kucherov. Um, I forgot he was out. Yes. So I Tampa's my Stanley Cup pick at this point in the year. I mean, they're one of the five best teams in the NHL right now, and then they're going to add a top five player in the league come playoff time. Defending champs, I don't know how they're not one of the favorites. Is the Central your top division right now? It is because of those three teams. Florida's damn good. They lost tonight to Dallas. Um, but you got that Huberto's a stud. Barkov's a stud. You got Bobrovsky and Matt. Quentinville's a coach. I believe that's his name. I say that right? Sounds Leg- right. Legendary coach. Um, Hornquist. They just got, they've got a lot of guys on their team. Ekblad on defense. They've got a lot of guys on their team. And that's. Seems to finally be coming together. I think they had a lot of hype last year, too, and it didn't come together. John, I was, was going to... Oh. And Carolina is the other one that's dangerous. They're all in that same division with, with Tampa. So I wanted to talk about Florida quickly. I feel like this core of 
guys on that team have been together for a few years and they have been pretty bad for the most part. So is it just a matter of them finally clicking? Did they add someone recently? Like, I don't understand why they're so good right now. I just think they're finally clicking and really the, the, the opposite of the Sabres, Quentinville has been an excellent coach for them from everything I've seen. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go the cent- central at one as well. I think Tampa's the best team in the league. I think Florida has been playing the best so far this year, although they're all offense. I think their defense is pretty bad. Um, so they get, they just have to keep scoring bottom line with them. Uh, Tampa, I hit on Carolina's interesting. They were pretty good last year. Um, Sebastian Ajo is a stud. He's been pretty good this year. They've got good pieces. Chicago. On the audio. He's back. He's in. Oh, you're good. Chicago. Patrick Kane is absolutely amazing. He's top four in the league in points, I believe. Um, just setting things up for Debrin and Kubalik. Well, it remains to be seen if they can survive um, and make a push in the playoffs. My number two conference is the East, John. Are you on board with that? Yeah. We don't need to go necessarily team by team here. Um, yeah, I, The yeah. East is rock solid. They just beat up on each other. After that, I would go West. I think the Canadian division is horrendous. They've got Toronto. Edmonton is not even that great. And the rest of the – Montreal has been a bit disappointing after a solid postseason run. Ottawa's bad, Vancouver's bad, Calgary's pretty bad, Winnipeg I don't think is very good. So I'd put them at the bottom in the West. I just think Colorado and Vegas are two of the best teams in the league up there with the trio in the Central. Um, St. Louis so, are good again, too. John, uh, this is going to be tough, but I want your top four teams in the NHL. Just give me four. In order? Um, yes, please. Okay. I want this um, – let's let's go like Final Four edition. No, actually, no. They can be from the same conference. I right. just want your four best go, teams. I'm going to go Tampa at one. Uh, they're 20 plus 23 on the gold differential without Kucherov, and Stamkos hasn't played a ton either. That's incredible. That's the best in the league. I'll put them one. I'm going to put Boston two. Um they're doing what they do. I'm going to put Carolina three, so that's the second central team. And then this is tough, and I'm I'm actually looking goal differential now, and I, I do love Florida, but I'm going to put them – I'd put them five. I'd put Vegas at four. And I'd okay. go Colorado six if you want another, and then I'd go Toronto seven because I have such little respect for the Canada division this year because I think they're just beating up on bad teams. That's my thing with Toronto and why they are not in my top four right now. They start playing some of these other teams that they haven't seen yet that are better and better battle tested. They're going to fall. Toronto is a fade city for me in the playoffs. All right, John, I'm going to go one Tampa Bay. We're in agreement there Two, I'm going to go Boston. Um, They're just, you know what you're going to get three. I'm going to go Vegas. We're, We're right. We're agreement on one, two. Three, I'm going to go Vegas. And four, I'm going to go Florida. I just, 
they've done enough this year. I think they've been playing as good as they've been. They've been the best team that I've watched play so far this year. Um, so I'm going to put them at four. All right. Well, any last calls? And that was hockey talk. That was hockey talk with John and Chad. Any last calls? Well, a new season of uh, Verdance comes out tomorrow. I uh, can't wait for John to be home this weekend. Um, so we'll hop on the sticks. Anything sports related? Uh, um, oh, NASCAR. We haven't talked about NASCAR much. Um, yeah. So they're at Homestead this week. Um, I'll put out some plays for you guys because I actually, we don't talk about NASCAR, but I know NASCAR, grew up with NASCAR. If you actually win bets on it, I would be happy to take them, truthfully. Okay. I actually haven't placed any bets yet just because I've been skiing the last couple weekends. Um, but guys to keep an eye on, um, Kyle Larson, who's been in the news the last year for not good things. He's back in a Hendrick car. He is really good at the track they're at this weekend. A uh, guy that can r- just ride right along the wall. Um, he will be one of the favorites. Um, I would fade Chase Elliott. Don't take Chase Elliott. Um, oh, and, th- and then um, in terms of other mile and a half guys, I think, listen, Kyle Busch is arguably the most talented driver we've seen in the last 20 years. I say more talented than Jimmy Johnson. He was bad last year. He will bounce back. I'd pound Kyle Busch at mile and a half. Kevin Harvick's been one of the best mile or the best guy on mile and a half over the past three years. So those are the three guys that I'd bet on: Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Larson. All righty. And on that note, my last call is going to be these last two slices of pizza that I'm going to eat. It's late. I'm going to let you guys get on with your days. You're not going to listen to this at 10:30. I'm sure, like we're recording at Chad, but. It's late for us. Yeah. Seventh rounders. All right. Mark, it's been a pleasure. We're happy to do it. I'm sure this won't be the last time because Connor's tardy all the time. Um, but we have fun. Let us know what you think. Comments, questions, concerns, how we can improve. If you're still listening, we thank you. Chad, take it away. Sail us on. Come sail away. Come sail away with me. All right, folks. We love you. Good night. Love you, Alyssa. Thank you for listening. Productions by AJ Bradbury.